Hello, welcome to the History of Fire with Ryan and Jamie. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jamie. And today we're recording this on the Saturday, the 4th of June. Happy not May Day to you all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> May the 4th be with you last month. Cool. <laughs> and on this day in 1919, over 100 years ago, the 19th Amendment uh, passed the Senate in the US, con- uh, part of the US Constitution and gave women the right to vote. Ooh. Yes, it took until 1919. Ugh. <laughs> oh well, That's crazy. It was ratified the following year. And on this day in 1940, the Dunkirk evacuation ended. Um, where they um, a bunch of ships, both Tom war. Hardy crashing. Yep. That's yep, how that it ended. It. And Harry Styles was there also. I know because I watched the documentary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bunch of um, military ships and civilian ships. Um, not as many as actually Dunkirk made out. It's still cool that people yes. did that. That's still like awesome, but Good it was very much dramatised. Well done for the film. Um, but yes, they came together and they evacuated a, film? a bunch of making things up. I won't hear of it. No. That's stuck anyway, anyway, no offense. So. It was a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, eva- evacuated a bunch of British and French troops. And no, they didn't not let French troops on. Also, like the film. Yeah, that wasn't true. Anyway. Also on this day, and in the similar vein to the previous thing I said, uh, in 1913, uh, Emily Davison. Uh, Le- leapt under the well was struck by the king george's the fourth's horse uh during the uh the derby um and died four days later and became a martyr for women's suffrage There's, there is some dispute as to whether she intended to die or not yeah i think though she only bought a one-way ticket so people see. i don't know i wasn't I know. there i would wasn't in her brain yeah you, know, you can it's buy not, one way this tickets. isn't inside out you can buy one-way tickets both ways you can don't know when she was con- anyway. Maybe she just didn't know when she was returning, so she was just like, oh. yeah, doesn't I don't know, but she became a martyr, and then yes. women got suffrage uh, after in 1918. Yes, and not fully, whatever. It took too long. We can all agree on that. Men suck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and on this day, also um, relating to what I said, because it's the oh. same same war. In um, Same war. 1942, uh, Japan was um, pushed out of um, or pushed away by the United States in the Battle of Midway. Um, yes. When they tried to take the island of, guess what? Midway. That's the one. Hey. You're getting good at this. I am. At guessing names, uh, guessing locations where battles took place. Mm-hmm. Like the Battle of Hastings. Took place in wasn't quite Hastings. No, it wasn't. It was, a place, <laughs> it was actually a place called Battle. battle. So, um, which which they went for the Battle of Hastings, but the Battle of Battle is so much better. Oh, you could have had like that's like King of Kings, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Why they they were like they were like now nah, we, we won't call it Battle of Battle. Was, was we'll it called? Cool, was it called Battle after the fact? Possibly. Anyway, still change it. I'm gonna call it Battle of Battle from now on. <laughs> but most importantly, on this day, it's my mother's birthday. More important than women's suffrage. Yes. Okay. I mean, no, but to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to me, okay? More important than the uh, evacuation of Dunkirk. To me, yeah. Because that already happened. This is happening now, currently. Happy birthday, man. Shut up. We don't cover current events. Shush your face. (laughs) Shush it. Now. It it was also this day every year since... I'm I'm not going to say her age. That's impolite, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that everyone would be fine with knowing that she's 18. She's <laughs> 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 um, 21. Flattery. But um, 18, that's a bit far. I'm 18, that's a bit odd. There's a limit. 
And I'm... Anyway, not a pop. Just... <laughs> Happy birthday. You're Shout adopted. out to you. You're adopted. Shush your face. <laughs> why do I let you... Why do I keep inviting you on here, man? Because that's the whole point. That is sort of... You have to change the title and everything. Oh, and that's a lot of effort. That is a lot of effort. That's like I have to, like, backspace. Yeah? Do you even know what a backspace is? No. Never used one. I've, I've, no. I've never been wrong. I've always, forever... Just, just t- when I've typed, that's it. That's how it works. You think you've never been wrong? <laughs> I, I've never been had the opportunity to be wrong because I just, I just can't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, <laughs> mum. <laughs> anyway, um, in the spirit, not no, not that. Completely, completely unconnected. Yeah, please don't say in the spirit no. of your mum. <laughs> completely unconnected <laughs> in every way. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sex Pistols. In the spirit of Ryan's Shush mom. now. <laughs> She's a punk. Anarchist. I don't yes. know. What? <laughs> Sorry. I agree. Um, a- anyway. <laughs> uh, so, what we... we now, let's Okay, wait, talk. wait, wait. Ready for this? Ryan! Who are the Sex Pistols? Go. They're a band. <laughs> and that's all I know. No, I do know some more. The Sex Pistols were an uh, English punk band formed in London in 19... London. In 19... London. London. <laughs> London in 1975. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> um, they are very incredibly influential band. Actually, so much so that in 2004, uh, Rolling Stone magazine named them uh, the uh, 58th... Sorry. 58th most influential artist of all time. Um, you know, that was obviously quite a while ago. Yeah, kind of 18 years ago, but... Still, that wasn't 18 years ago. You're lying. I remember it was like yesterday. What, like when you were yesterday. one? Yeah. Between the ages of mostly zero, let's be honest. You don't know that. I, do, I know when your birthday is. We've no. discussed. I've got hiccups. Discussed it on this podcast. <laughs> That's not good. Um, I will try and soldier through like a champion that I am. Oh, look at you go. Soldier through your podcast oh. with your hiccups. <laughs> 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 Only a few more left in the series, guys. <laughs> Are you excited? <laughs> we are. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, back to the Pistols of Sex Pistols. The Pistols of Sex is not the name of the band. Um, wow. They are responsible. Only facts it. <laughs> <laughs> they are often regarded as uh, popularising the punk movement in the UK um, and definitely have a significant influence on the punk image, including the safety pins and sticky up. Be hair, yes. dyed, dyed hair and stuff. Also tartan as well. Quite a surprising amount of tartan. A lot of tartan. I mean, don't, I love a tartan. Tartan's great. It's a good, good fabric. That's a top quality fabric, right? If you there. had to name your top five favorite fabrics, fabrics of choice, oh, that I can't, can't do it. Can't name five. No, I can't <laughs> name five. I do. I cannot name five fabrics. <laughs> I've got tartan and polyester, and that's it. Yeah, uh, and uh, polyester yeah. wouldn't be on it because it's highly flammable. So. Yeah. Wool's quite good. Is wool also not highly flammable? I don't think as flammable. Because polyester is a synthetic fabric, so it's more uh, flammable, yeah. I think. Fair. Um, Wait, let's set a sheep on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't! Don't do that. I think it's called barbecue. Don't do that. Lamb chops. <laughs> Lamb chops. No. Don't we set... get to do science and then a delicious meal. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't think this is I get a well. delicious meal. You selfish man. Well, how would you like to be set on fire? Are you wearing polyester right now? I bet you are. Let's get the lighter out and the matches and the you, blowtorch. You don't know what I'm into. Fires. What? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the band now. How about that? Yes. Yeah. So they're pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> end of end of discussion. No. Um. So they a bit of their backstory, history, coming of age, drama. 
What? <laughs> Uh, they, they were <laughs> shut up. <laughs> they were originally a band called The Strand, consisting of Steve Jones uh, on vocals, Paul Cook on drums, and Wally Nightingale on guitar. Uh, of course, Steve Jones and Paul Cook uh, would remain in the band for its entire existence, um, but Wally Nightingale was uh, did leave um, or was forced out uh, at a later date uh, before the Sex Pistols officially started. Now, uh, they were also sometimes known as the Swankers, and that's with an S. Just in case you're wondering, it's got an S there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, uh, that's also a name they went by. They didn't write anything certain about the name. Um, they uh, would often hang around two specific shops in Kings Road and Chelsea, London. Um, uh, Acme Attractions, uh, which actually Don Letts, the uh, the director and um, uh, a British uh, director and musician, uh, worked as a manager. Oh. Uh, and also Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood's Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die shop which would later change its name to Sex. Um, so there's that. Uh, it's quite a famous shop. It was quite a famous uh, s- shop in um, in Chelsea. Of course, Tom... Mc- uh, Ma- sorry. Sorry. Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren, um, w- w- they owned the shop, and Malcolm McLaren became their manager, uh, the manager of, this, of, of the Sex Pistols later on. He, uh, in 74, actually, Jones asked um, McLaren to manage the Strand, their band, uh, and he paid for their first rehearsal space. Glenn Matlock, an art student um, who also worked at their shop, uh, was recruited as the band's regular bassist because they can never kind of drill down on a bassist uh, look. Um, and uh, actually the shop, uh, sorry, just to, as a bit of context as well, the Westwood McLaren shop opened in 71 as Let It Rock with a um, Teddy Boy theme and like a 1950s revival style thing. Uh, yeah. And then also um, they changed it in 1970, renamed it in 1972 to get on the trend of the 50s rocker look associated with, associated with Marlon Brando. Oh. Um, yes, and they would change it once again as sex, and we'll get onto that in a bit. Uh, and then also Jordan, the uh, shop assistant, is credited with pretty much single-handedly paving the punk look. Uh, she passed away recently this year, actually, oh. um, which is quite sad. That's very sad. Uh, so, yes, they started uh, being managed by McLaren. Uh, he actually then relocated to New York and um, managed the New York Dolls, and did some quite interesting decisions, like dressing them as Chinese communists, which was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really go down well. The, then the bands blew up. <laughs> um, yeah. Didn't really go down well. The shop was renamed Sex, and they had um, uh, they changed to S and M inspired anti fashion, what was called anti fashion, and they had like r- rubber wear, glamour wear, and stage wear. Um, so very, you know, against the grain, very uh, punk and, and, and anti fashion is probably the best way mm-hmm. to put it. Really, um, punk, yes. Uh, inappropriate for polite society, let's say. Yes. Um, sort of attire. Uh, and then, um, actually, uh, the McLaren returned to London um, in May of 1975, and uh, he took what was going on in the punk scene in Manhattan by like, a bit like uh, the Ramones and things like that, and their visual style, and Richard Hell and things like that, and took it back to Britain um, and to influence the, the Strand members um, of the, the band. Uh, and then uh, the thing is, uh, Steve Jones was very uncomfortable as a lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, because it's not for everyone. No, really. no, no, absolutely. Very difficult frontman. You're on, you're on stage. People are looking at you all the time. I love it. Not that I'm, I'm. I mean, I've been in bands. Not many. It's been fun though. There. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Hey, so we're trying to talk about the Sex Pistols. Yeah, who are actually interesting. Actually. So if you could. Uh... <laughs> 
Touche, sir. <laughs> Touche. Um, I'm joking. Ryan no, is very interesting. No, I'm not. So the last podcast will be a five-hour podcast on the history of Ryan May Miller. He said it, not me. But if, I mean, if you guys want that, then please let us know in the ways that you can't in any way let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, Find so, us. Find us and tell us in person. <laughs> yes. Please do that. Don't do that. Don't. I mean, if you what if you really want, I guess, but don't put yourself out there, because there's no need. There's there's more important stuff going on. Don't put yourself out there because the true you probably no one will like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you maybe not talk for the most of this podcast? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Do we just go? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> might be better. Yeah. All right. But no, stay for the for the company. I guess. Um. For the heavy breathing into the microphone. I do apologise. <laughs> I'm still very ill. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they they didn't have they changed the name um, to uh, Q T Jones and the Sex Pistols or Q T Jones and his Sex Pistols, uh, based on one T-shirt design um, by uh, Bernard Bernard Rhodes, who uh, sort of uh, oversaw the rehearsals of the band, um, and they were looking for a new lead singer because. Jones didn't want to do it. He became a guitarist instead. Uh, the lead, so the lead of the uh, New York Dolls, Sylvain Sylvain, um, was in talks with McLaren to actually become the f- uh, to come to England and be the frontman, um, but that fell through. Uh, and they also uh, talked to people like Midyear from um, who would, would front uh, Ultravox. Uh, would go on to front Ultravox. Um, he was apparently play- approached by McLaren, but also turned it down. <laughs> um, and this is when we get John Lydon. Um, in August 1975, Bernard Rhodes spotted um, uh, John Lydon wearing a Pink Floyd shirt with the words I hate handwritten above the band's name and holes scratched through the eyes. Quite a provocative image. Um, yes, especially, yeah. as, you know, Pink Floyd were one of the biggest things in the world at that point yeah. as well. I do have to disagree. I respect the... Respect the, the, respect the punk. Yeah, I respect the punk, but, but I do, but I like, do like Pink yeah. Floyd. I think they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I mean, Wish You Were Here is a... And Can't Be Numb. Dark Side of the Moon just as an album. Uh, another brick in the wall, part two. Yeah, wall. Anyway, no, we're not here to discuss different bands, but we both have respect for Pink Floyd. But fair dues, yes. John. No, no, no. L- like what you like, don't like what you want to like. Exactly, and be true to yourself. Yes, because Jamie's because really you're probably about. are a great person. <laughs> probably, um, no, are you are? I could be a motivational speaker Shh. or a therapist. Please don't. You'd you'd mess up more people than you help. How about you just don't be sad. <laughs> <laughs> would be that would, yeah you'd, that, that would totally be your advice. Tell me, it listen work. to Pink Floyd. I don't like Pink Floyd. You well, I respect that, but I don't agree. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so uh, Leiden had quite the look to him. Uh, they went to a, the, there's, there's differing accounts because it was the seventies and everyone was drunk and high and no one knew what was going on, including me. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, his shirt his shirt was held together with safety pins. Obviously, one of the main drivers of the safety pin fashion style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, they went back to the sex shop which is that's a weird way to phrase it <laughs> to the shop sex um, and Lydon was given uh, was um, who never really thought about singing um, he was convinced to improvise along to Alice Cooper's I'm 18 uh, uh, and uh, the performance made the other band members laugh but they convinced him to start rehearsing with Lydon and that's when you have uh, Lydon become a part of the band and the, the kind of the, the band itself 
uh, started to exist. Yeah. Because um, you have the original members, which were John Lydon, uh, Steve Jones, Glenn Matlock, and um, obviously Cook as well, Paul Cook. Um, and <laughs> uh, so he then was given the name John Johnny Rotten by Jones, apparently based on his uh, quite poor teeth, because <laughs> he has some pretty gross gross teeth in those days um and they also settled on the name so they had several options such as le bon subterraneans Ooh. the damned beyond teenage novel gl- kid gl- glad love and creme de la creme which is my favorite which is jamie's favorite um and then they went with the sex pistols uh, sex pistols from um obviously qt and the sex pistols and they just shortened it yeah qt jones um because he was no longer the front man so it made much sense really not many bands have the artist's name and the artist in it, and then the artist not be the front of the band. That makes sense. Apart from Queen, what is it? John Deacon and and the Queen. That's not what it's no, called. No, it's, it's just the Queen. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, no offense, John Deacon. Uh, you're brilliant, by the way. I just, say, I, I think you would agree. You're not the, the front of the band, are you? <laughs> I disagree. Okay. <laughs> Queen, of course, the only band, as far as I'm aware, the only band where all four of its original members wrote a number one single. Oh, that's probably true. I think it is true. It's really cool. It definitely was true. Yeah. I think it still is. I think it still is. There aren't many actually like band bands. Band band who who write their own music. Yeah. And that will get to number one as well. Yeah. Because there's many bands, but they're not particularly popular or famous. Yeah, there's a lot of old bands like Foo Fighters and Green Day that still release music, but there's yeah. not a lot of, like, new bands, bands that are, like, proper that, mainstream. Yeah that, that, yeah, that make it to yeah. the heights. Yeah, it's because yeah. that kind of music isn't what's popular, which is, yeah. you know, like it or just how trends it. change. It's just how, yeah, exactly. Which, speaking of, of course, punk was changing the music scene uh, in the 70s, so this is where an, a, a market change of them, because um, things like, if you're talking about Queen, because Queen didn't go punk, they stayed with what they were doing, yeah. uh, they started in 1970, they had their, the four members joined in 1971, um, after a few different iterations, like Smile and stuff from the early, from the late 1960s, um, but, uh, you know, th- but they stuck to their guns, and kept, they made, you know, Beam Rhapsody, and in their um, A Night of the Opera album in 1975, uh, and just kind of kept doing what they were doing, they, they it didn't work out amazing, you know. They they still went they still went well, but they just in, instead of going with the trends of the punk scene, they just stayed to stick to their guns, which you know it, it works for them. And then the Sex Pistols kind of brought the punk scene to Britain uh, and revolutionised it in a way, particularly in music. Um, and therefore, they 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 went against what was normal, and they created their own form of of popular music, really, um, with with punk. Uh, and they only released one album. So this is what's really amazing. They only really lasted for about two and a half years, and they only released one album. But they are still we're still talking about them today. Yeah. yeah. Which this what other band is like that? Yeah. Really? Honestly, you know. Um, so I, I, you know, what's great about them, I think, um, and we'll, we'll talk more about them in a minute. But um, is that their music is arguably not good, music musically. <laughs> it's musically lacking. We'll agree. Well, yeah. I think we can agree on yeah, that. Yeah. It's not as well made or as polished as some other um, bands but it's the meaning behind it and that's the thing is you've got to remember in the 1970s they're all working class um, children they all grew up very uh, in very improvised situations around the uh, more 
run down areas of London in the 70s and 70s was rife with unemployment mm-hmm. and um, recession and, and nuclear war <laughs> kind of I mean they had detente but it wasn't you know it wasn't perfect yeah. there was still Vietnam until the mid 70s um, and uh, in 1979 you had the Afghanistan war so it wasn't a great situation at all uh, in Britain so this is what the ban was about was it was voicing their problems with the hypocrisy that was the because the, a huge class difference particularly yeah. in the 70s more more so than today i'd say um and it was incredible you know it was very much i, I think J- john Lydon actually put it quite well himself that they came from a time where um they were brought up in an education system that told you point blank that if you came from the wrong side of the tracks then you had no hope in hell and no career prospects at all which is and they, the therefore the sex pistol was just sort of voicing that how dare you say that it yeah. was a rebellion against that, which, as was the punk scene in general. Um, it was going against the establishment, um, as as every sort of teenage group has to do at some point mm-hmm, uh, in mm-hmm. different ways. And it's, that, a, it's a rite of passage. It is. And you've got the resurgence of punk, uh, uh, sort of the punk, and became sort of grunge in the 1990s. And it's a very similar, um, same same kind of ideology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rock and roll was. Let's be honest. Rock and roll is, is the same ideology as well. It's going away from that idea of um the establishment and of 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 the norm and becoming your own identity and breaking free and that so yeah it's kind of it's a spirit that kind of continues and through music um has continued for centuries and centuries that's probably i don't know if maybe you could make an argument about that definitely decades but yeah probably make an argument but yeah i don't think you could but of course um there's quite interesting things sociologically sociologically there we go he did it Uh, i did it did the word. No mistakes. No mistakes. <laughs> no backspaces. Uh, where, um, you know, there wasn't really, in America anyway, the idea of like a teenager didn't exactly exist for many, many years. It wasn't until about, so I think, I, I, I mean, I might, be, I might be wrong and I do apologize, but I think around about the 50s was when the idea of the teenager being a separate time period in a person's life, because it was probably like child adult. That's kind of what it was. Yeah. You're a child, then you're an adult. And the teenager kind of evolved and with it came rock and roll and with it came sort of the rebellious attitude and, and James Dean and Marlon Brando and things. And then that's kind of what you base the punk kind of base themselves up in some ways um, as well. Oh, it's all symbiotic and it's all keeps turning. We'll keep spinning, <laughs> um, but still worth looking at because it's, I think, I think it's interesting. If you don't, then that's fine. You probably would have turned off quite a while ago. Um, really. But if you're still here, Thank you. Preach. Preach. I appreciate it. That's wow. what that means. That's so cool. I, I didn't come up with it. Um, you didn't? I did. Oh my God. Um, but uh, a- anyway, so you they they had their first gig uh, arranged by Matlock um, at St. Martin's College because he studied there. Um, and they were f- uh, the 6th of November 1975. Uh, they were uh, support for an act called Bazooka Joe. Um, they performed several covers, like "Who's a Substitute," "Small Faces," "What's What You're Going to Do About It," uh, uh, but then um, they were apparently uh, not exceptionally music, not exceptional musically, but um, were being were, were extremely loud. Um, <laughs> and then before they could play any original songs, they had started to write. Uh, Bazooka Joe pulled the plugs, and as they saw their gear being trashed, and then they had a fist fight. The two bands. So Sex Pistols' first proper gig. With their lineup as it w- as it was, ended in a fist fight with the band they were supporting. 
If you need any sort of comment or analogous event that describes them as a band, that's it's quite that. a good one. Yeah, it's quite a one. good one. There's more, obviously. They then started building a cult following because they were saying what a lot of people felt. They were going against the system and breaking free from the norm and the the the, the classist way of life that yeah. they disagreed with. Um, based on quite a lot of interesting um, ideas, like even from the May 1968 radical uprising in Paris, uh, which inspired various things, including you know uh, elements of, of French cinema and, thing, and, and and art and things. But um, you've got the Situationists and uh, anarchists uh, as well. Were all, all of this combined into the Sex Pistols uh, ideology and image? Like uh, the James Reed was a friend of McLaren and began uh, using was began doing the publicity for them uh, in 1976. Um, and uh, you, there's there's people who suggested that you can see the slow so increase of anarchist and um uh you know more further left ideologies introduced anti-fascist definitely which by the way isn't a bad position to have can i just say that (laughs) um uh further left ideologies introduced into the lyrics of the songs particularly the ones written by uh by johnny rotten uh like you know anarchy in the uk for the most obvious example (laughs) it's literally called anarchy in the uk um (laughs) but uh you so that's that's pretty cool. So they, they, they genuinely had political sort of ideologies in place. They weren't just smashing stuff. Yeah. That was a large part of it, but not all of it, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, you get that. And then, of course, you get um, quite famously the Bill Grundy incident um, where they swore quite profusely on live television, which wasn't the done thing in the 1970s, nor is it really done now. No. But definitely swearing on tv was basically unheard of yeah yeah um in the 1970s because on tv that's another thing on tv you're supposed to be you're supposed to be in that especially in that days i mean i mean still to the day i, I would argue in a lot of ways but definitely then because tv was tv was relatively new it was only really about the 1950s that tv was sort of uh first introduced into households and uh you only re- you know the 60s was the 50s and 60s it was it was um a lot more common and then the 70s it was more like you're more likely to have a, a at least just the one but you're more likely to have uh, a television set in your house uh, color tv is also quite a novel idea particularly in britain yeah if you use doctor who as an example as they always like to do um it wasn't broadcast in color until 1970 with the first episode of um uh of john pertwee uh good episode anyway had the auto- first appearance of the autons that's cool i believe i think i'm right <laughs> Probably <laughs> definitely had the autons, <laughs> um, but uh, yes, the first d- d- call it call it image in Doctor Who was <laughs> John Pertwee falling out of the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so they went on uh, the show on 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 B- the Bill Grundy's show on Ten Television to d- Today program, uh, which was a late evening, early evening, sorry, broadcast live, um, and they were a last minute replacement for Queen, who's a band that's popped up quite a bit in this because. Um, if you couldn't tell, Queen are actually my favourite band. Absolutely I couldn't tell. Jamie is currently sat next to a poster which has every single Queen album on it. He's lying. I am. That's a that's an odd lie to make up, <laughs> isn't it? That'd be weird. It would be weird. No, he um, is telling the truth, to be fair. I'll give him that. To be fair. <laughs> Thank you for being fair. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, they... Uh, we won't repeat the words they said because... 
I mean, we're not live. I think you should, but you just say beep every time there's something that is you can't say. I will do that. I will do that. So, um, this is uh, so. So Jones has said that the band was. Can I say instead of beeping? Can I say like the letter? No, I want beeps. Beeping. He said the band had beeping spent uh, their advance from the label EMI. I love it. Uh, but oh, sorry, I should mention that Queen dropped out because Freddie had a dental appointment. Yes. Because those big teeth need a lot of uh-huh. care. No, know. that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they need know what I'm saying. They need they need attention. I love that. I love that. That's so funny. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to go on an interview on television. Ah, dentist. Well, <laughs> guess we know which one to reschedule. <laughs> Let's get the sex pistols in. Yeah. What a, what a, what a, you expect, you go on expecting Queen and you get the sex pistols. That's what a, a very different interview. Yes. And it was, I, I can imagine. I don't imagine Queen swearing. Especially in mid seventies. God no, no. No, I mean they have obviously they have sworn. No, they never on, have. Never have. Never once. Anyway, <laughs> um, pretty sure some of their songs that no, okay, no, 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 it didn't happen. Um, anyway, so uh, Jones said the band had effing spent the uh, advance uh, beeping. Sorry, beeping spent the advance from the label, um, and Rotten had used the word beep. Yeah. Keep going. The S word. <laughs> no, um, I don't. I don't want to hear it. So this is actually the the biggest complaints came from a altercation, uh, you know, between Grundy and uh, particularly Jones. So during this interview, um, Susie Sue was another singer, part of their band. Um, he she declared that she'd. I've got hiccups again, sorry. Always wanted to meet Grundy, and Grundy responded, did you really? We'll meet afterwards, shall we? This prompted uh, Jones uh, to say, you dirty sod, you dirty old man. And then, um, spurred on by Grundy, he said, keep going, keep going. He said, you dirty beep. Uh, Go on again, you dirty beep. Different beep, though. Um, uh, And then, what a beeping rotter. Which, you know, uh, well, like, say what you like about um, uh, about swearing. I'm personally a, a fan. But say what you like about swearing. No, you're a human. Oh, yeah. I'm a... Oh. You've just ruined my career aspirations. I was going <laughs> to call people down for... for uh, go on tour and call people down. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, um, if you were a fan, then you'd be able to blow us all away. I can't do that. I'm no, you're not a fan, so... No. Um, how big are your fans? <laughs> um, really big. But, uh, anyway... Like turbines for the <laughs> aeroplane. Uh, like the ones used in Making Back to the it, Future, that you, they were so loud yes. you couldn't hear. It's that That's one. a reference that to our last episode. And if you haven't listened one. to that, History of Back to the Future, Making Back to the Future, I would, I would recommend it. It's a good one. Um, it's a fun one. Uh, but anyway, so, like, say what you like about swearing, your opinions, well, however your opinions on swearing, but... I kind of think Jones is in the right. Absolutely. Like, Grundy was being creepy. Yeah, very, very so, out of pocket. Just not. I mean, it, you know, it was the seventies, but gross. Doesn't make it any better. No, it doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying that's that was a climate thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not excusing it, just observing it. No, Jones is absolutely in the right for calling him out because uh, he was being then, uh, very creepy. The Daily Mirror quite famously used the um, the headline: "The Filth and the Fury." Obviously, a reference to um, Weird Connection, but Fast and the Furious, which came out the year years, prior. years before. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, it's it's quite interesting because um, this uh, like arguably helped them in their anti-establishment punk revolution because it made them 
enticing figures. It cannot be denied. It was an entertaining interview, no matter what your opinions on swearing are. Um, and uh, and this kind of just kind of escalated when they started producing their first album. So in February 1977, it's probably worth mentioning, Sid Vicious joined the band. Matlock um, uh, was leaving uh, the Sex Pistols. Uh, and then... Uh, he said he said that he had been thrown out because he went on too much about Paul McCartney and the Beatles. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he was replaced by um, uh, he was replaced by Sid, uh, Vicious, Sid Vicious, uh, who was that was not his real name, obviously. That was a a, a like Johnny Rotten, um, who was definitely a much more punk style person. He had the attitude and look and demeanor of a punk rocker. Yeah. Um, most certainly. Uh, and very much had the rock star's lifestyle in many ways. A uh, very sad life, uh, I, I would say. Mm-hmm, uh, 100%. First used heroin at the age of 14 after being given it by his own mother. So that's an interesting start. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he, he had a, uh, a tumultuous relationship with um, Nancy Spungen, who later became his manager when the band split. And we'll get to that. Um, uh, now... Um, so actually, uh, Vicious was was a friend of um, uh, John Ro- of Johnny Rotten, who's born si- John Simon Ritchie, um, and uh, changed his name to Sid Vicious uh, and became part of the band, the band, the new bassist for the band. They he was he had quite a lot of um, tension between the other members of the band, uh, such as occasions where um, Steve Jones would would unplug his own, it would unplug his bass without him noticing, um, because he was not either not playing it properly or um was just not playing it because yeah. he was too busy doing you know doing something like su- such things as as he would cut himself on stage and things like that which is quite a quite an act don't do that i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> no. in any way um anywho uh so there are some opposing opinions on on, on them uh the they then released their song "God Save the Queen," which I believe uh, Rotten wanted to call um, uh, "No Future," as they comment on uh, his uh, on his generation's place in society. And is um, Rotten the one who wrote it? He is the one who wrote it. Yes, and then it was changed to "God Save the Queen" to be more provocative and more um, uh, offensive, really, because it coincided with the twenty fifth. Uh, Jubilee, of course. Now next week, um, it is the uh, not next week. Sorry, tomorrow. Yesterday, I don't know time. Yesterday was the seventieth Jubilee. Yes, it was. So, um, happy Jubilee, by the way. Yeah, Your Majesty. Good job, Queenie. I know we talk about sex, but I, you know, I can have respect for two things at once. Okay. <laughs> hey, look. Sometimes you gotta respect the system a little bit. That that <laughs> was the bit. that was the Sex Pistol message. <laughs> um. So uh, it, that was, of course, the si- there was a single for their um, one and only album, and I will have to swear here because it's the title of the thing. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Um, very, very famous. Their only album, very, very famous album, one of the most influential albums of all time, actually. Um, so uh, uh, that's uh, the, that is kind of they released that right. Became a number one album, although despite the song "God Save the Queen" not being played on the radio, it was banned from several radio stations, um, including obviously the BBC. And the, the album was banned as well. Uh, one of the most censored records in British history, actually. Um, but it still became a hit, despite that, because it was almost publicity. Was it free publicity, really? Yeah. If you tell, particularly teenagers, let's be honest. I know we're both teenagers. We understand it. Um, 
if you tell people not to listen to something, they can't listen to something, they are well, <laughs> so much more likely to do the thing. So that's why it sold so well and became so incredibly um, uh, uh, popular, which it definitely is. Uh, actually, Jones played most of the bass parts on uh, on Nevermind the Bollocks uh, because Sid Vicious wasn't particularly good at playing the bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to be honest, <laughs> you know... Uh, uh, they then um they were then went on tour of the US and it was incredibly uh, well publicized and and sort of mythologized really but it did lead up to the breakup of the band really um it didn't go well yeah much at all uh so yes particularly things like um Sid Vicious's drug habit and stuff causing real problems um on uh, w- within the band uh they did they broke up uh uh, you know, um, after this, so they had such a short career, really. As yeah. a band, as we mentioned before, such a short career. They did. Um, uh, Rotten had left at this point, but Cook Jones and Vicious performed uh, in uh, the in a show, in a movie called The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, uh, which was produced by and starring actually Michael McLaren. Um, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. I'll be honest. Um, and it included Sid Vicious's quite famous version of My Way, um, with uh, Jones and Cook backing. Uh, doing the backing track as well as a string orchestra, um, in you know obviously in a very vicious style, <laughs> uh, really. Uh, Fizzy Vicious has the most tragic ending, uh, where uh, so Nancy, his uh, girlfriend and manager, once they uh, he became a solo artist after the breakup of the band, um, was found dead in the hotel room from a stab wound, um, and the police he was uh, then Sid Vicious was arrested uh, for the murder and was bailed out uh and then uh he uh so he was bailed out and then whilst on bail um he no sorry bailed out uh, he then hit um a Todd Smith Patty Smith's brother with a beer mug in the face arrested on assault charges taken to Rikers Island spent 55 days there and was in for- forced to um have go cold turkey and had no drugs obviously during that time He's released on the 1st of February 1979. After a brief party, he then overdosed um, on heroin and died. So, at the age of 21, by the yeah. way. So, a real, um, you know, that's what, that's uh, really it's, tragic. Yeah, not a fun one to end on. No. Um, the band themselves uh, have reformed several times, including a very successful tour in 1996. Um uh, and yeah, and yes, uh, and it is worth mentioning. One of the main reasons for doing this today uh, is actually the release of Pistol, uh, a, yes. a show about them, directed by Danny Boyle. I've watched it; I very much enjoyed it. And my brothers are actually my little brothers uh, actually are in it um, as they play the children, the child because they're twins and they play one character of Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren. Ben. Yeah. So, yes, very that cute. was one of the main inspirations for making this. So, uh, very, very biased, obviously, very, very biased. Yes. Yeah. But that's fine. I would. It's on Disney Plus and on Hulu if you're in America, which you might be. Some people listen through America, apparently. <laughs> um, I would. I would recommend it personally. I really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, yes, so that's why we talked about this today. And also, it's an important historical movement. I would suggest the I punk mean, movement. Also, it's the Sex Pistols. They're great. They're great. Pretty cool. I would. I would recommend listening to their album. Yes. Yeah. Never mind the bollocks to the Sex Pistols. Super influential. So. Yes. Yeah. Anywho, so. There we are. Um, that's 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 basically that's probably enough now. I think we've gone on for long enough. Maybe. 
Uh, anyway, right, well, uh, well, thank you for listening, and we'll leave you with this. Eric Clapton's most famous stage accident happened while performing with his band Derek and the Dominoes. Eric Clapton tripped on a wire and fell into the guitarist, who fell into the drummer, who fell into the bassist. <laughs> uh, I really liked the Rolling Stones cameo in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, no, wait, that was a giant boulder. <laughs> Sorry. I, I always get this mixed up. Sorry. Anyway, uh, thank you for so, so much for listening. Happy birthday, Mum, again. Happy birthday. And uh, mm. we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.